0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis.
1: What an incredible show we have coming up. If you've ever wanted to own a pot-bellied pig or a little micro pig, we have a warning cautionary tale for you uh, (laughs) coming up with somebody who actually owns one or is maybe the the pig owns them. Yeah, that's more like it. What we should be saying there. That's on the way here. Also, Doc Halligan is going to be talking about vaccines. There's a lot of questions and controversy about what vaccines you need to give your animals and which vaccines you don't and how to tell. Whether or not you need to give them a vaccine. Also, Robert Semro on the show today with five things pet parents must do before they leave their pets behind on a vacation. Of course that's nothing that will happen with me because i always take my pets on vacation <laughs> and we're also giving away you know those Roombas those clean the, vacuum
2: cleaners vacuum cleaners right. that are
1: like robot yeah. vacuum cleaners which are great if, if you're a pet owner you got to have one of these oh yeah they now have a mop one that'll do the kitchen or tiled floors
3: or hardwood floors yes they wow. do that's good that uh, is awesome so we're going to be giving away
1: that before the end of the show right here so you want to stick around for that. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: Well, you know, we're all about pets and companion animals here. And you know, mostly dogs, cats, birds, that kind of thing, reptiles. We're, uh-huh. we're going to tell you about a guy who has pet bees. Had
1: bees. That doesn't sound like a Pet furry, bee- cuddly bet.
3: No bees, but there are some lawsuits that going on, some shooting, serious shooting in his neighborhood. We'll tell you all about it coming up. Okay. I hope
2: he doesn't sleep with them.
1: Joey Volani, the Dog Father. What are you working on today?
4: We're going to talk about the myth or the not so mythical cutting of your cat's whiskers.
1: Cutting people actually cut their cat's whiskers? I cannot believe that. Yeah, some sometimes they do.
4: I mean, I've known groomers to do it too, which really isn't mm. the smartest. Really? thing.
1: Really yeah okay today you're the cat father then <laughs> cat man the cat na, man
4: and then the cat man.
1: first let's hit the phones and don't forget you can also ask your questions from the animal radio app for iphone and android and uh let's go to mike hey mike how are you doing doing good how are you awesome what's going on well got a new puppy
5: cool yes yeah, fun Oh, yeah, lots of fun. Uh.
6: (laughs) You don't sound so sure about that there.
5: (laughs) But she's uh, just turned two months, and everything is basically, besides not just in her mouth, is constantly biting.
6: Oh, yeah. Okay.
5: Um, You know, almost like the terrible twos with kids.
2: Mm -hmm. But
5: It's the morning when she wakes up. She's very loving, kisses. You know, no biting. Then after that, every t- chance she gets, she wants to bite your lips, bite your nose, and loves chewing on your fingers.
6: Okay, okay, alrighty. And she's so she's brand new, so you just got her, or have you had her for some time?
5: Uh, we've had her for two weeks.
6: Okay. All right. Well, let me first start off by talking about a little bit what we call bite inhibition. It's a important lesson that puppies learn. And they usually learn this from spending time with their mama dog as well as other siblings. And if we watch, you know, a puppy playing with other puppies of its age, you know, they're playing their are and they're doing their stuff and then all of a sudden you hear ah! right. and everyone stops and they all look around and go, well, Who did that? Play stops. So I do prefer, if possible, to have puppies with their mama and their siblings till eight to ten weeks of age, because they learn this lesson best from them. If we do get a puppy before then, we just have to realize that drive. We're going to have to deal with that a little bit more, because mouthing and nipping is part of a dog's reality. It's how they explore their world. Um, so knowing that, the biggest thing isn't to label a dog a biter or a nipper. It's really how to look first at ourselves how we're responding or even triggering that kind of behavior and then re- redirecting the puppy into a more appropriate uh, way to uh, channel that energy. So the first things I always like to say is when I hear someone whose dog is nibbling on their fingers is, you're not a chew toy, stop that, <laughs> stop <laughs> it. Um, we want to give an alternative and if if gentle play starts to involve the human hand, That is not appropriate. So we need to know better to say, okay, that we're not going to allow this to happen. Let's give an alternate toy. Or if all of a sudden things just get really kind of riotous and crazy and the puppy's getting what I call alligator mouth, we stop it. And then we we don't give them any attention. Because giving any attention, even a yelling or screaming or, hey, stop that, you've just made the game more fun. So, um you can kind of stand still, ignore the puppy, give it a few seconds and then resume play or even some pups will get too worked up that you just kind of got to give them a puppy timeout and just let them kind of get that energy out for a few minutes before you get them back out and play. Okay. But that's really a big thing. So you don't want to reward that. So, And that goes also with other naughty puppy behavior. So jumping up or barking, nipping, all of that, how we respond to that is really part of the equation. So withdraw your attention, leave the room, um, give them an alternative um, instead of that that chewing opportunity. Okay. Um, but um, I, I also like to remember that you know we don't want to overly correct you know so you don't want to yell make a big deal. I do like saying the word ouch because puppies get that. It Sounds a lot like a a bark w- that a fellow pup might do when they kind of push it over the line. Um, but really the no don't use negative correction. Don't slap them on don't slap around the nose. Don't hold the muzzle shut. That actually can be counterproductive. So we really don't want to go there. And then with your play just you know the human hand is not a toy. So so give alternatives. Don't play roughhousing with your hand over her face and going, ar, like all guys. Why do, why do all guys do that? <laughs> is that something, you know, that they teach you as a young adolescent sure, boy? Yes. Here's a puppy. Play with him. this like, <laughs> yeah. So th- this is where human training becomes very, very important. <laughs> Um, and, and really, I am a fan of, you know, giving those alternative toys. So puppies, you know, until they get a lot of bite force, you, know, you can give them things like Kongs with little bits of treats in there. Um, busy buddy toys are those little puzzle interactive toys that you can give them. Um, and then also remember, you know, we want to reward good, quiet, calm behavior. So find those opportunities and start working on your pup right now. And um, things like the sit. And quiet. And then you just, oh, give a treat, you know, when we've had those quiet moments and really look for those opportunities to show her what you do want her to do and not what you don't want her to do, because they don't learn very well that way. All right. And you know what? I have to say, I, I raised a, a Shih Tzu mixed puppy, and um, he's forever learned <laughs> to be known as um, our little <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oh, I love it. Thank you so much for your call, Mike. This portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Red Barn. And during these uncertain times, Red Barn is grateful for the consistent love and joy our pets bring into our lives. They're also grateful for their all-natural, long-lasting dog chews. Now diligently working alongside their pet parents, your dog deserves a break in between video chat appearances and lap sitting. Red Barn chews are the natural way to distract your dog during the day or give their paws a break from typing up emails. Thanks, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. Let's uh, take another call for Dr. Debbie. How about that? Dr. Debbie, and we have Henry on the phone. Hi, Henry.
7: Hi. I have a uh, kind of a geriatric old black cat. He's my favorite cat. He's getting kind of old there. And I noticed that he has a uh, patch on his rear side that doesn't seem to ever heal. And uh, it gets bigger, and he bites at it all the time. I notice, though, that it kind of recovers, never fully, when I give him uh, his flea drops for the month.
6: Hmm, okay. So it gets better when he is treated for his flea treatment. Yeah,
7: the family actually thinks that it might be dust mites, but, you know, I I wanted to get the official doctor. (laughs) Yeah, it looks bad, but it it gets better around the periphery.
6: Okay. Well, well, definitely, you know, fleas actually are the number one um, allergenic um, material for cats. So when they have skin disease and they're chewing and scratching, approximately 80% of the time it's flea allergy disease. Um, so that's the number one thing. So if the flea treatment seems to be helping, yeah, that could be part of the thing. Now, whether or not it's mites or something microscopic, ah, you know, possibly. Um, in an, is this an indoor kitty or an outdoor kitty?
7: uh well it's an indoor and outdoor kitty you know he we're trying to get him to we we have a big house you know what i mean we can't he likes to run <laughs> you know what i mean he's to be inside but you know he, he he gets in and out you know.
6: Okay. Just because, you know, for an older cat that's indoors, um, mites aren't terribly common unless there's something else going on. So when they're immunosuppressed or some other disease process is going on, and then maybe we can have a mite problem. But you know, actually, skin disease in older cats can even occur with health problems like diabetes and thyroid problems. So if this is a geriatric kitty, um, it might be well worth a trip to the vet to make sure we don't have something like that going on. Um, And then really focus on... some of the the skin treatments that we might try beyond the flea treatment, and those might include um, certainly uh, types of hypoallergenic diets that we can try using, Um, and for some kitties, it's really a matter of making sure that um, all the ins and the outs are good, that we're on a good quality diet, we're doing regular grooming procedures, and then, you know, checking out things like even arthritis in older kitties, it's a subtle, silent problem that they don't often complain about, but I do see cats groom themselves excessively in the hind areas when they are having pain down there. So it can be one of those kind of things that you don't always know about. And cats aren't like dogs. You know, they don't often show like that limp, that gimp with arthritis. Um, and it really has to be detected by an x-ray to see if they've got spinal problems or hip problems. Um, but a little treatment with some glucosamine might be a tr- uh, trick to try as well to see if your kitty is having some of those aching joints that comes along with old age.
7: Okay, thank you so much because that excessive licking uh, and, and that, that just that description, how he's moving does sound mm-hmm. kind of like you know you get key points even without
6: being here well good hey reaching across those radio waves to help our listeners thank you so much henry and okay. give your kitty a good scratch on the head for us um thank you for your call this is dr debbie with animal radio we're waiting here god you're
0: good you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android
1: Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of petrified. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com.
5: Hey, everybody, this is Brett Michaels, and I just want to say you Right now, want to take... Wait, give me the line again. My brain skipped. Uh, Brett Michaels... I just and, had one of my brain hemorrhage brain farts. Oh, Go don't ahead, do that. Don't that do that.
1: I don't want to be responsible for that.
5: Trust me, it's me. Go okay. ahead.
1: Animal Radio. Brett Michaels Animal Radio. Hey, this is Brett
5: Michaels. You're listening to Animal Radio, and take care of your pets. They will rock your world.
8: Attention sports fans, now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home. With Dish for about 50 bucks a month free installation as soon as tomorrow but you gotta call all american dish right now
9: 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 that's 800-380-4452
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app for iphone and android
1: This Animal Radio, celebrating the connection with our pets. And wow, what an incredible show if you just tuned in. In just a few minutes, we're going to be talking about a guy who's... Well, actually, talk to the guy who's uh, the guardian of a, I believe, a 600-pound pig. That he thought was going to be a pot-bellied micro pig.
2: He snuck it in the house and didn't tell his partner.
1: Oh, boy. dear. Yeah, because it was
2: little at the time.
1: Well, of course. They all start pretty (laughs) little. Also, Doc Halligan with vaccines. You know, there's a lot of questions about what vaccines you need to give and what vaccines you don't need to give. And also about this thing called titer. We're going to have her explain that to us. Uh, Joey Volani is going to be here in just a few minutes, and I think he's going to be talking about cat whiskers and whether or not you can cut cat whiskers or groom cat whiskers.
6: Trim them, yeah.
1: I didn't realize this was even an issue anytime, nope. but uh, I didn't
6: know that was a need that people yeah. say, I want to go to the groomer to trim my cat whiskers. Just
1: the strangest <laughs> thing, but uh, he'll, he'll give you the 411 on that. Uh, also, the people that make the Roomba, that little uh, robot vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. they're going to be giving away one that mops now. There's a brand Ooh, new one that mops the, the kitchen.
3: Brava, Jeff! That is heavenly. That is oh, God. God. I, with our cats. Awesome.
1: We have lots of cats that are they're messy eaters. So this is something really cool, and that'll happen yes. before the end of the show. Uh, Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom for this hour?
3: Well, my story for you, not so happy, is we say goodbye to the very last of the surviving nine eleven search and rescue dogs.
1: Oh, one of the animals that was responsible for looking for bodies, I assume.
3: At the World Trade Center, yeah. The last one is gone.
1: Okay, we'll find out more about that in just a few minutes and salute that dog. I believe, Dr. Debbie, you have some issues with your dog's teeth. What's Uh, going on? You know, you have more issues with your dog's than anybody i know
6: you know what it, it, it being a veterinarian doesn't make you excluded from all those maladies that happen and yeah i actually my little baby well she's two years old but um, my bouvier we recently discovered she had a broken tooth oh so yeah and it was actually caused by unknowingly by me giving her a chew item
1: Ooh, what kind of chew item that should we stay away from
6: Well, anything hard has the potential to break teeth, and so I'm not a fan of bones. She doesn't really tolerate those kind of, you know, preserved raw hide, you know, all those other kind of pizzles and things you can give dogs. Um, Her tummy just doesn't like it, so I gave her um, kind of the Nyla Bone style flavored um, plastic chews, and she loves them. It's like popcorn. We watch TV, and she chews on them. But it led to a cracked tooth. And um, good thing you're a
1: doctor. I bet you fixed that up right away, huh?
6: Well, kind of, sort of. I recognized it. But um, with this particular tooth, it was very likely going to need either a root canal or some kind of special uh, restorative um, things. And that that actually falls into the hands of a veterinary dentist. So, yeah, we took her to a veterinary dentist. And fortunately, she did not need a root canal, but we did get a crown. And she's uh, sporting um, a nice shiny grill. (laughs) Now, are there dentists, are there
1: uh, uh, veterinarians that specialize in dentistry?
6: Yes, yes. So, uh, you know, normal veterinary practitioners like myself, we do dental cleanings, we do surgical extractions, you know, some will do some degrees of, you know, root canals and such. But this was a particular tooth that is one of the major teeth in the mouth. And when if we lose it, especially at a young age, it alters their bite and their ability to chew normally on that side. So we wanted to do whatever we could to make sure she got to keep it. And at the rate it was going, it was going to have further damage and end up needing to be pulled down the road. So, Mm. Um, turned out great. You know, I, you know, have to share my uh, knowledge. You know, a lot of people love giving, you know, just about anything that's hard enough that if you whack your knee with it and it hurts you, it's going to. Be a possible uh, cause of breaking your dog's teeth. So you know, you know, bones, ice, Nyla bones. All of those type of products have that potential because you know you're going to have a bruised knee in the end if yeah. you're doing the little, little test there. But, now uh,
1: often dogs don't uh, they don't cry they don't say hey my tooth is broken.
6: No, Did you know that no. something was wrong? Not at all. And and with her fracture, it was fortunately only in the outer enamel. So there's really not the depth that she had it fractured. It wasn't really hurting her yet. It was going to eventually get to that point where it does. But dogs, you're correct. Right. Dogs and cats don't complain with dental pain. Um, They can have an exposed nerve and that basically communicates right to their blood system and they'll never say anything about it. So, you know, sometimes pet owners may notice some things. So I usually tell people to watch for things like um, tartar buildup on one side of the mouth can be heavier. Than mm. on the opposite side, and that can mean that the tooth, uh, a tooth on the, the heavier side, is actually has some kind of disease. Maybe it's mm. broken, infected, what have you. But yeah, they, they really don't complain. But we do know that dogs and cats, when we take out a tooth that's fractured or diseased, a lot of times right afterwards they'll feel better and, and they start acting like more normal. Um, so can't say that happened to Nikki because she's you know feeling like a wild woman all the time. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but for a lot of pets, it really does make a difference after their tooth is uh, dealt with.
1: Okay, if you want to talk to dr debbie right now she can answer your questions about your pet uh whatever kind of pet it is even if it's a 600 pound pig she can answer questions about that
2: dogs
3: or cats horse or emu animals are pigs People do some pretty goofy things when they drink. Three Lithuanian students thought climbing into a giraffe's cage at a local zoo seemed like a good idea after a few drinks. But the giraffe did not appreciate the prank. The 1.3-ton giraffe named Salute flew into a rage and attacked the three student trespassers. All were bruised and battered. 22-year-old Ruta Grayshoot was hospitalized with a broken collarbone and nose. A spokesperson from the Kiwanis Zoo warned that it was a very silly prank and that the scared giraffe could have stomped her to death. So remember, never drink and drive or jump in a giraffe's cage. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio.
10: Hello, this is Jane Goodall on Animal Radio. And I'd just like everybody to realize that... Each day you live, you make some difference on the planet and you can choose what kind of difference you're going to make. And hopefully every day you'll try to make the world a little bit better for people, for animals and for the environment.
9: People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy no fillers, just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food, simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Try our chicken rolled food as a meal or shred it as a topper.
10: I'm going to pepper spray you in the face.
11: Oh, thank you. Alan Cable, it's time for today's kook watch.
10: Thank you for leaving my kayak alone.
11: This lady in Alaska thinks a bear can understand what she's saying.
10: I'm going to pepper spray you in the face. That's what I'm going to do to you.
11: Huh. I don't think the bear liked it.
10: Go away. No.
2: Get away from the kayak.
11: If she just would have left the bear alone, he probably would have walked away. Stop. Why did you pepper spray me?
2: Please, no, gosh, started. Oh, why are you doing that? I
11: don't know about you, but if I were the bear, I'd be running from her voice.
2: Why are you here?
11: Incredible as it may seem, the bear isn't talking.
2: Oh, bear?
11: Why does she keep calling me bear? My name's Bobby.
2: Bear! Oh bear!
11: And I thought Goldilocks was annoying. Bear! This is Animal Radio, baby.
3: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. Everybody has a different idea of what the perfect companion animal is for them. There are dogs and cats, of course, fish, birds, reptiles, spiders, and more, even bees. Yes, <laughs> Bzz, bees. There's a guy in Henderson, Nevada, just outside of Las Vegas, who is now being sued by his next-door neighbor, who wants him to get rid of his pet Bees. Now, to be specific, five hives of what he says are his pet bees. The neighbors who have filed a complaint to have the bees removed say they have three children and they can't even enjoy their pool in their backyard because of these bees next door. The state has done an inspection because there's been so many complaints over the past year and a half between these two. They say the bees are not aggressive. They're not killer bees. But the couple's next door says they have stung their children before. Now, to be fair, though, the man who owns the bees says they are friendly. They've never stung anyone before. No one can prove that those are my bees. So, I mean, really, could I mean, I don't know. So he describes his bees as gentle, says he raises them as a hobby that he enjoys, and they're not looking to hurt anyone. I'll okay. tell you how that comes out. Yeah. A tortoise whose shell was badly burned in a forest fire down in Brazil has now been fitted with the first ever totally prosthetic tortoise shell. She was found with 85% of her shell damaged because of this fire when an animal rescue group called Animal Avengers decided to see if they could print her a new shell. Yes print using 40 photos of healthy tortoises for reference they got it all together made this big project and created a 3d model and then entered those specs into a computer which allowed them to print four separate 3d pieces kind of like a puzzle that all fit together and fit around the burned tortoise and then an artist provided the incredible final touch which is a very realistic looking paint job in fact it is so real you wouldn't even know that this shell is not the one that the tortoise was born with it's just an amazing job that is
1: so cool the, isn't that cool the 3d printers what they can do these days not a I lot of people know. know this i was born without a head a lot of adversity that, during my youth <laughs> and i actually have a 3d printed head now which which is you know people look at me now better they don't <laughs> never mind
3: i don't know about that how <laughs> yeah i don't know where we we'll go with this yeah, yeah. Hey, New York State may soon be allowing pet owners to spend eternity with their pets. There's, you know, it has been talk about this, but the state legislature there has passed a bill allowing cemeteries to offer people the option of being buried with the cremated remains of a dog, a cat, or other tame, domesticated animal. But cemeteries will not have to require it. Last year, New York lawmakers passed a law also allowing dogs on restaurant patios and are now considering a statewide ban on decline cats. Well, last week... Let me tell you first, get a get a tissue here. Oh, no. Two dozen firefighters and search and rescue volunteers in Cypress, Texas, stood in rows outside the entrance to the Fairfield Animal Hospital as Brittany was walked into the hospital on her last day of life. They were all there to pay tribute to the final walk of the 16-year-old golden retriever who is believed to be... The last surviving search and rescue dog that took part in the 9-11 recovery effort at the World Trade Center back in 2001. Well, after Brittany went on to work with many other disasters and happenings, including big hurricanes, Katrina, Rita, and Ivan... She did retire when she was nine, and then she became a service dog in a local elementary school, giving her first-graders and special needs students a furry face to read out loud to. Her owner, though, said she knew it was time that she had to let Brittany go when she didn't eat for three days and became very anxious. The firefighters, by the way, not only were there to bid Brittany a hero's farewell, but also accompanied the flag-draped remains to Texas A&M, where Brittany will be undergoing an autopsy as part of a study on 9-11 search and rescue dogs.
1: Mm, I salute Brittany.
3: Yeah, yeah. That just makes me tear. Yeah. Wow. think mean, it's hard saying goodbye to a dog, but when, you know, the nation has been following Brittany for the last year or so because, you know, she was the last dog alive, mm-hmm. and now she's gone. Mm. Farewell, Brittany. Yes, she will always be remembered. In fact, there is a book about her now. And did you know Bark Post gave her a dream night for a dog, and they put her up in a hotel overlooking Central Park, uh, <laughs> gave her birthday burgers and ice cream. She got to eat everything. She, I mean, it was just it was a really great thing and awesome. a, a wonderful salute to her. Oh, that's yeah. great. God, I'd like that for my birthday. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lori Brooks. Give more breaking animal news anytime at Animal AnimalRadio.com This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at
8: AnimalRadio.com
1: I'll be real honest. I knew nothing about grooming until this guy walked into the studio. In fact, I didn't even know. And I'm talking about myself, not my animals. <laughs> uh. Of course, I, he taught me how to groom myself, and I look pretty sharp. The ladies dig me now. Thanks to Joey Velani. Has- the Dogfather. Thank you. I appreciate it. I bow to you.
4: So listen, um, somebody asked me a question that a lot of people really don't know the answer to, and that's um, their groomer was grooming their cat and cut the whiskers on the cat. So by a lot accident of people want to know, or on purpose? Um, you know, what? Uh, I hope it was by accident, but you, but you never know. I mean, there's a lot of there, there could be a lot of variables why um, it was done. I mean, if the, if the cat was completely matted, sometimes they they get. Uh, you know, I'm not making any any excuse. No, though. there's really you, you don't you, you <laughs> don't want to you show know, you don't want to It's a It's senses for a cat. It's like taking away our sense of touch, okay, where we can probably live without it, but it's going to make things difficult. Now... Cats use their um, whiskers not only to measure spaces, but it picks up vibrations. It can actually pick up vibrations of prey running. I mean, the whiskers are set deep into the cat's muscular um, structure. So they go in much deeper than regular hair. So it picks up senses, vibrations, even
2: change in the atmosphere.
1: Now, whiskers (laughs) are actually as big as the cat, I'm to understand. or they they grow as wide as 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 as, the body or something
2: that's supposed to help them when they go into a crevice, into a place. Place that if they can, if their whiskers will fit, then their body will fit. Correct. And you know
4: what? And don't forget, they're nocturnal creatures. Um, oh, I, mean, I don't forget they,
2: that. <laughs> okay. Every
4: morning at 4 o'clock,
1: I don't forget that.
4: <laughs> so, I mean, if they are in a tight area or they need to pick something up that um, visually they can't see for whatever reason... Um, You know, the whiskers are actually going to sense that and pick it up. Now, can I Um, braid them? Is it okay to braid them? Um, You know what? That's a question that I've never been asked before, so I don't know. So try
1: braiding them. We'll do an experiment there. How's that? Okay, don't mess with your cat's whiskers is what Joey's trying to say. And if if you mess with him, he's going to come over to your house. And
11: again, I don't know what he's going to do, but he'll do something uh, horrible. Hiya, Talent Cable. Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk about something unpleasant to you and me. Very unpleasant, but totally natural to some dogs. I think you probably figured out dogs will eat just about anything, including their own, you know. Whoa! <laughs> And as gross as that sounds and looks, it's common. Sometimes it can be a sign of loneliness or being bored. Could be anxiety or maybe your dog is copying other dogs. Sometimes it's because the dog learns that when there's number two around, he gets punished. So he's actually making it disappear so you won't be mad at him. Sometimes he's just cleaning up his living space. And yep, sometimes a dog enjoys it. It really doesn't present a problem except that we hate seeing it. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks like when their dog's giving that their kiss. And if you know your dog's doing that, it's going to click in your brain after it's already too late. <laughs> First thing you can do to try to stop it is to give your dog more attention and lots of exercise. And feed him more than once a day so he has something to look forward to. And also because it'll keep him from getting hungry throughout the day and tempted. Also pick up after him as quick as you can. Like we said before, he might be cleaning his living space, which is your job. The most important thing, though, is to first make sure there's nothing wrong by taking him to the vet. There could be something physical causing it, like worms or other parasites, because they rob your dog of essential nutrients. He might be eating whatever he can find to make up for it. Now, as always, the way to stop a dog from doing something like chasing cars or you know what it is we're talking about that we don't want to talk about is to make a quick, firm correction and teach your dog the command leave it or no bite. You know, it's almost like a shove in the shoulder. Hey, leave it. You can do it by tugging on a leash real quick, again saying leave it or no bite, or by a quick poke with your fingers in the neck, while at the same time saying leave it or no bite. Something to change his attention, to take it away from what he's doing. And as soon as he stops the behavior you don't want him to do, you praise him, maybe even give him treat. That's probably the most important thing. Always remember to praise your dog for desired behavior, because you want to set your dog up for success. Hey, thanks so much, and as always, get more tips at AnimalRadio.com. This is Animal
8: Radio, baby.
9: Oh, what a
1: great intro. Taking care of business. Originally done by Bachman Turner Overdrive, they owned lots of cats, lots of dogs. In fact, they may have been considered quarters in some circles. But of course, they were able to take care of their animals. No, I don't know if that's a fact. I'm making it all up right there. Oh, and I never make anything up. I wanted to tell you that if you have one of these dogs, the Yorkshire Terriers, a Shih Tzus, a Pugs, or a Mini Schnauzer, check out Dr. Debbie's books, How to Be Your Dog's Best Friend. And when I say books, I mean Kindle books. They're over at Amazon, and we have links uh, right from animalradio.com. Hopefully, we'll see more breeds coming out soon. Are you even working on other breeds?
6: Uh, yeah, there's, there's, it's not necessarily other breeds. It's yeah. just uh, pet topics. Pet so.
1: topics. Oh. Yes. So you're going to have a more generic one on the way, huh?
6: That's my goal. Yeah. That would be my, uh, my plan. Just, there's so many different directions to go. With, so
1: You're so talented. Let's take some calls for you right now. In fact, let's go to Randy. Hey, Randy. Welcome to the show.
5: Hi, guys. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. Where are you calling from?
5: Well, I am uh, going eastbound on Interstate 80 through Nebraska.
1: Wow. OTR?
5: Uh, Yes, sir.
6: Okay.
1: Please don't call me, sir. That's my dad. (laughs) I have have Dr. Debbie right here. She can help you. What's going on with your animal?
6: Hi, Dr. Debbie. What you got going on there? Well, I was
5: just wondering, you know, uh, I have a little corgi, a, a cardigan corgi. And uh, we go to some pretty strange areas. Uh, We go off out in the boonies all the time, and I'm constantly worried about, you know, scorpions and snakes and stuff like that. What kind of first aid should I have going? What kind of a, you know, if she was to get hit by a a snake, Mm -hmm. what should I do?
6: Good question. Uh, Yeah. And, And, you know, I think every pet owner, especially if you travel, should have some form of a basic... Um, first aid kit, and that is going to be mimicking very much what you would have in your human first aid kit, but with some additions. And and the things that I want to always make sure in a pet first aid kit we have um, are... um not just things like nail trimmers, but also the styptic solution because broken toenails come up all the time. Uh, I see it at animal events that I go to attend, um, tweezers to pull things out. When we're talking about things like rattlesnakes, the, the, truly the best thing, the best first aid tip with a rattlesnake bite is your car keys. That is the best Thing that you can provide for your pet is to get them in the vehicle and get them to a veterinarian right away. There is nothing, absolutely nothing that you can do in the field that's going to increase their survival better than seeing a veterinarian as fast as you can. That being said, all those kind of things out there that people tell you to do for rattlesnake bites, you know, we don't want to do most of those things. Um, So, yeah, all those things that you hear about cutting it, sucking the venom out, um, you know, putting a tourniquet on it, putting ice on it, all of those are completely wrong. Um, They will actually increase the rate of the venom um, affecting the animal. So what you want to do is keep the pet calm. You want to keep the Bite area, whatever part of the body's been bitten, keep it below the heart level. That slows the rate that the venom reaches uh, the rest of the pet. Um, And maybe within that first aid kit, you can have some Benadryl. It it won't hurt in the event of a a snake bite, but it's certainly not going to be the cure-all that's going to really save them. uh, Prompt. Veterinary attention is really the best thing for any of these snake bites, and which can be trouble. You know, if you're traveling, I don't know if you're out in some of these remote areas, um, but uh, that's unfortunately is maybe a good directory to veterinarians in the areas that you are traveling through. For emergency centers, would also be a good thing to have some points along the road that you know you can contact day or night um, a veterinary service.
5: Oh, okay. So uh, keep keep the, uh, the the bite below their heart, and uh, just. Fast as you can go, get get someplace. I knew I knew that cutting it, all that stuff was 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 uh, uh, bogus. But I thought perhaps a tourniquet. But I don't know. You know, you, you can overapply yeah. a tourniquet. They don't even recommend tourniquets on people hardly anymore.
6: Exactly. And what the problem is with the tourniquet is that, you know, it, while it may keep that venom in that area, it actually can enhance the tissue effects of the venom in that particular area. So it can make it much worse. Um, so that's really why we don't want to do that. And, you know, there is a, you know, rattlesnake vaccine out there um, for pets that are maybe in higher uh, risk uh, lifestyles and areas. It's, you know, it's still out there a little bit in the veterinary community whether or not it truly helps um, the survival after a snake bite um, because we do occasionally see pets that have had the rattlesnake vaccine that still don't always make it from a rattlesnake bite so um, it's definitely not a hundred percent but that might be even one thing to consider if uh, you know if your doggy is in those kind of high risk areas and you want to do what you can to try to try to help them out
5: is there a uh, uh, some sort of a time table that you could give me you know i mean
1: like how fast to get to the vet
6: how fast to get fast as, you, as fast as you can. We know that use of the anti venin um, that we use to help counter the reaction to snake bites, that ideally ought to be um, administered within four hours. But truly, within the first 30 minutes to an hour it is really, we're talking get to the vet as quickly as you can. Um, so we don't really want to even put a timeline on it. It is that imperative to speed counts. <laughs> but don't tell the trooper I said that. <laughs>
1: Thanks, Randy, for your call. Good question. We don't, uh, we don't often hear people preparing or being preventative in their care for their animals. They usually call when something's already happened. And so it's good to know ahead of time if your animal gets bit by a snake. Now, you're out there in the desert. So you probably have all these scorpions and snakes and all that stuff. You probably see that a lot at your practice in Las Vegas. You
6: know, we sure do. Um, scorpions. Gosh, I just killed one the other day in our house. Well, I didn't. You know, someone, uh, my husband did. But husband. It, it, it was big, ugly, and very scary looking. You know, if you get those things moving with their tail gets going rattling back and forth, it's it's pretty frightening. It makes my hair go up on my, my body.
1: <laughs> this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats. Always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Check them out at redbarninc.com and thank you so much for underwriting Animal Radio. You're
0: listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: Hi, this is Dean Coombs on Animal Radio. Please stay and neuter your pet. All of us
12: here at Fido Friendly Magazine can't wait to get on the road again with our favorite Fido. We know that it's just not a vacation without our furry companions by our side. Start daydreaming now and visit FidoFriendly.com to scout out places near and far so you will be ready for your next adventure once it's safe to travel. That's FidoFriendly.com. Until then, stay safe and leave no dog behind.
0: Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio featuring veterinarian Dr. Debbie White, groomer Joey Villani, news director Lori Brooks. And now, from the Red Barn Studios, here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy
1: Francis. Okay, you called, you said, hey, you talk too fast. I'm talking fast because we got a lot on the show today, and I'd rather get your calls on the air if you want to talk to Dr. Debbie or Joey Volani right now. Uh, this hour, we're going to find out about Esther the Wonder Pig. And this is a pig that uh, was supposed to be one of those micro pigs, those uh, pot-bellied pigs that max out at like 200 pounds. Let me say that she's three times that size right now (laughs) and a wonderful story behind it all. We'll tell you about it in just a few minutes. In fact, we're going to have the Guardian, uh, Esther's Guardian, on the phone with us. And also this hour, we're going to give away from the people that make the Roomba uh, sort of a Roomba, but it's a. It's called the what
3: the Bravo or something. The Bravo
1: Jet. Uh, yeah. We're going to be giving away one of these Bravo Jet mopping robots that will mop your kitchen floor or your tiles all around. We've actually sampled one of these, and they're pretty amazing little. That's uh,
6: cool. We should yeah. name
1: ours because. It,
6: Why don't they call it a moopba
1: uh, Ooh, that's good. Moopa. Let's suggest. I mean, that. if it's more
6: like a mop, Mopba. It, yeah. it,
1: it is. Uh, I'm going to suggest that. Thank you very much for that idea. All my great ideas come from Dr. Debbie, of course. And, if you, and all the bad ones. Thank you, Hal.
3: <laughs> You're in trouble. Uh,
1: what are you working on over there in the newsroom?
3: For many, many years, they have used a certain type of a bird of prey, a big raptor, to do hunting and things over in Asia. Yes. And it's been on the decline lately, but now they're bringing it back. And these birds... Big birds like eagles are being trained to hunt something that flies, huh. like a tech flying thing. Ooh,
1: I know a tech flying thing. Gee, what, what could a tech flying thing be?
3: Yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> That's on the way in just a couple it of minutes. It could be a
3: tennis ball with a motor or something in it. Sure, house.
1: it could be. Absolutely. There are baseballs
3: with speed clocks in them. Okay. I can't
1: wait. Listen, uh, Lori, will have all that in just a couple of minutes. First, we're going to go to the phones for your calls. Hi, Judy.
10: Hi. How are you? Doing good. How are
1: you doing today?
10: I'm good, thank you.
1: How can we help you? I got the great Doctor Debbie right here.
10: Oh, good. I have a quick, I have a two year old English bulldog, and she has a red mange, and I've been treating her with the Promaris. It's a tick and flea medicine. Okay. And um, I was wondering if there's any more, any other like a natural way without medication for treating her for this.
6: Um, Well, there's definitely the most natural thing for a red mage is actually to do nothing. (laughs) And that sounds horrible. Red mage. But
10: then she gets all red and then her hair falls off.
6: Okay, so obviously that's not a good solution for you. And I, and I say that's partly jokingly, but red mange, which is actually demodex mites, um, in many cases is uh, will go away on its own. So in about 30 to 50% of cases, it'll go away on its own. If it doesn't, we really have to address other underlying causes. And it's basically a type of mite that can be passed with heredity, um, and it also is affected, yeah, exactly, from her mama, and it's also influenced very much by the pet's own immune system and their own ability to clear that. So for pets that have more generalized problem or more chronic problems, we really have to look at focusing on all those other ways that we can improve their overall immune status. So for female dogs, if she's not already spayed, she needs to be spayed, because the hormones no, of... You did that already. Super. I did that a long time ago. Great. Good. Now, for some pets, if we're not getting good control with something like Promaris, not everyone has super results with that. And in many cases, we'll use that every two weeks to every month to help treat the demodectic mange. And if that doesn't do it on its own, don't feel bad. In many cases, we'll have to add in other things. Now, in your question to natural remedies, probably not anything simple that's going to treat the mange by itself, but more to kind of support her immune status. So I would really look at other things, whether we need to use something like ivermectin along with the Promaris. Um, For some pets, um, we can try a medication interceptor, which is a different flea tick medicine, um, and that might be of some use. But we also want to look at this immune support. And so sometimes things like probiotics, which can help support the immune health of the gut, That can be very important. And then also making sure we're looking for other disease processes in the body. Uh, We test for thyroid disease. We test the blood for other issues that might be present and then treat those because that will have an effect of improving the immune support of the body and then thereby helping the red mange. So it's kind of of more of a cascading effect of all these other things that can influence the pet um, with the red mange. And uh, the other thing is that many, many times with um, a lot of different types of mange, they have bacterial infections in the skin, so we have to get them on courses of that to treat the secondary okay. effects of all that. Has, has that kind of been your, your battle cry of what's been going on here?
10: Well, 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 my thing is she I give her the Promaris, and I only give it to her probably uh, probably every three to four months.
6: Okay. Every three to four months is definitely not frequent enough to effectively treat the mite. So if that's the purpose is to treat the mite, you're you're not getting anywhere close to that. You're treating more for fleas and ticks with that.
10: Well, what so, I noticed is when I gave it to her, she it's when she barely starts to turn the pink, where I could barely start seeing it. So then mm-hmm. as soon as I give it to her, she's fine for another three to four months. But I didn't want to give it to her so much because, I mean, it's just, it just smells horrible, and I didn't
2: know yeah. if it
6: could cause any damage to her. Also, yeah, and and definitely, I understand all of those concerns, and and we don't like to use products if we don't have to. But yes. if you're only using a, a partially of what it's just prescribed for then we're only doing okay. our part of the good. And this is an unusual. Okay. We see this with ear infections and skin conditions in dogs that if you only do things for a short period of time and don't follow it through as prescribed, you're going to have relapses of, of, um, of problems. And that, I think, is what you're probably dealing with here. So before okay. I'd say you're having a failure of Promaris, not controlling this, I'd say we want to make sure you're, you're being diligent on following those um, instructions by your veterinarian and then perhaps doing these other things, looking at other underlying immune problems, and then uh-huh. maybe adding in a, a second secondary medication such as oral ivermectin which we can use um, along with that so um, you might just need to step up the game and you know i I understand you want a natural remedy but if we're not getting where we need to i I think you really got to take the bull by the horns and and, and get control of this so okay
10: hers doesn't really really get very very severe that's why i try to keep it under control as as soon as i see it Mm -hmm. so that's why i was just wondering you know because i don't let it get to the point where it gets that bad
6: yeah, I understand, and you know it's okay. kind of your choice. You know, you can go through these cycles of ups and downs, and 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 that's mm-hmm. you know it. In many cases, it may clear with time, but uh, if okay. it's not doing that, you really got to step to up to the treatment regimen and really tackle this appropriately. That's all I can say. Okay, and
10: and okay. is this like a permanent that she would have to be on all the time?
6: Well, not typically. Um, there are some dogs that can have some chronic demodex problems, but I'd say they're more a function of us as the humans in not treating it effectively for a long enough duration so that would be the number one uh, reason why i would have a chronic demodex there are pets that we have chronic problems with but i always look back at the human end of things and blame us first either you know we don't have the right treatment regimen or we're not staying faithful to what we're supposed to be doing so um look inside yourself
1: (laughs) (laughs) well hello sammy hi how are you doing good how are you doing i'm all right where are you uh, Severna Park, Maryland. I love Maryland. Maryland's just a beautiful place. Just a beautiful place. I've got Dr. Debbie right here. She can help you with uh, whatever ills your pet.
6: Okay. What can we do for you today? Well, I have three cats,
12: and I applied Frontline to each one about a week ago. And okay. the fleas are worse. Now, I had the Frontline around for a while because I haven't had to use it in about three years. Didn't have any problems with fleas. And my question is, there's no expiration date that I can find. Does it go bad, and can I reapply it?
6: And you know, there is no expiration date on Frontline, and that is a truth. So as far as, as long as the package was intact, I wouldn't have necessarily a problem in using that. Now, a lot of times... After we apply frontline or even some of the other types of flea control products, we can see some actual exaggerated activity of fleas. And uh, that's generally more af- right after we apply it. It kind of affects their uh, neurologic systems. So they can become really hyperactive and just kind of looking wacky. So a lot of people see a lot of flea activity shortly after we treat with frontline or, or comparable products. Um, now, if we have just, we're seeing a lot more fleas in general, then we might need to take some other approaches to um, not just relying on one single product and using more of a kind of a integrated approach to, to flea. So is, is it more that you're seeing a lot of these in number or just they moving a lot?
12: Well, before I applied it, I used a flea comb on each cat and I found some flea dirt and a flea or two. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I applied it about a week ago and now there is a ton of flea dirt. One of my cats is starting to lose hair.
1: And you want to know if you could reapply, too, right?
12: Yeah, exactly, oh, yeah. because the package says do not reapply for 30 days.
6: Yeah, and that would be accurate. I would not want to reapply that. Now, something we might want to try is add in an oral flea component. And there's some different ones out there. There's one called Program. There's one called Comfortis. And that one, um, actually, a lot of folks report some very quick kill times after that. So that might be something else to add in. And is there some kind of link that the fleas are more popular right now and you're seeing more of them, eh, you, you might just be having some ebb and flow of different flea populations going on right now. So I would just make sure that we tackle this with another route. And flea combs are great to remove those individual fleas, but you'll go nuts if you've got a ton trying to remove each and every one of them. But it certainly can be helpful in just removing some of those adults from the hair coat. Check with your veterinarian about what kind of oral flea products they have available because every area might be a little different in some of their favorites. And and I have vet friends in Indiana that will say, oh, gosh, you know, we don't use that product out here. We like a different one. And, you know, what works is great, and, and I won't kind of sneeze at that because everyone has their own favorites in their particular area. But I would definitely look into the oral ones.
1: Mm. You know, Sammy, you said that uh, you haven't had trouble for the last few years, and all of a sudden this year. It does seem like this year has been a big flea year across the country. For you know, Spain and it's Europe, funny you Western. say
6: that, Hal we have and, and actually in the veterinary community it is widely reported that because of all the moisture in a lot of areas we have not just fleas but ticks and other type of critters you know a lot of mosquitoes and risk with heartworm disease so it is on the rise definitely
0: you're listening to animal radio call the dream team now with the free animal radio app
1: for iphone and android Hey, don't forget, you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Pets. Taking the pet out of Petrified. Visit them at FearFreeHappyHomes.com Yeah, puppy pads are convenient, but sometimes they're really gross. That's why the Animal Radio Studio stunt dog, Ladybug, uses the Brilliant Pad self-cleaning puppy pad. We love how it handles number one and number two. It seals away the waste and replaces dirty pads for us. Brilliant Pad keeps our home clean and smelling fresh. All we do is replace the roll once every few weeks. And the process is fast and clean. In fact, Ladybug gives it five paws up. Learn more about it at BrilliantPad.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. If you've ever thought about getting a pig as a pet, they are becoming more popular as well as chickens and other very bizarre animals. We have a cautionary tale on the way with a pig guardian. (laughs) It's a it's a very funny story. you want to stick around for that. Lori, what are you working on?
3: Well, Ebola is something that we haven't really, you know, has not been the hot topic lately like it was last year, a mm-hmm. couple years ago. But the list has grown of animals that can carry Ebola. At first, they thought it was just three different kinds of fruit bats, but
1: not anymore. More cautionary tales just around the corner. We welcome from iRobot, the Senior Product Manager, Melissa O'Day. Hi, Melissa. How are you? Hi.
13: Great, Hal. How are you?
1: Splendid. Now I got to tell you what a genius you guys are over the iRobot. You know, I've always loved the Roomba, which is the vacuum that goes around. It's a, it's like a robot vacuum that cleans the entire carpet. If you're yeah. too damn lazy like me, and I love that. But now you guys have invented a mop. That uh, automatically mops our kitchen and any tile floor, and uh, we've had a chance to try it out over the weekend. And oh, what do you
3: mean had a chance to try it out? We were mesmerized for about an hour watching this. Thing. You know, I know it's
1: it's the kind of thing <laughs> that you're supposed you're supposed to set it up and just let it go, but we we actually watched <laughs> the whole kitchen get done. And this is great for us because we have a lot of cats here, a lot of studio cats, and they're Mm -hmm. messy eaters. So this is something that's uh, near and dear to my heart. And I mentioned this at the starting of the show that we're going to be giving away one, and the phones have been ringing nonstop since. They have to wait. It's brand new, right? It just came out, right?
13: That's correct. Yeah, we just launched the product in March, so it's been on the market for less than three months.
1: And it is a wet mop. It actually has three options. You can do a wet mop and then a, a semi-wet mop and then a, a total dry mop. Is that correct?
13: That is, yeah. So the product, um, we advertise it as a mopping robot. That's what our customers are really telling us they love it for. Um, but depending on your floor surface, uh, you can put it into a damp mop with a little bit less water if you have a more sensitive floor surface. Um, or it can be used as a, as a sweeping robot with, uh, with our dry mode.
1: So it goes around, and I'll explain what I saw at least. It goes around, it spritzes a little water right out the front. And then there's a, kind of a scrubby little uh, moppy thing that, and it, it does a double pass or a triple pass depending on the mode. Is that correct?
13: That yeah. is correct, yeah. And um, so we have the, the Precision Jet Spray that comes out when you're in the wet or damp mode. And then the, the cleaning head where that pad is vibrates while the robot is driving along the floor ah. uh, to give you a little extra scrubbing. And it, it just picks up all kinds of dust and hair and um, if there are any stains on the floor. I know at my house, my cat is a total uh-huh. Um, and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever experienced this He doesn't always use his litter box Nope, misses um, So uh, yeah, this robot is amazing at my house I love it
1: It's cute And the cats sat there and watched it too And of course you've seen all the videos with the Roomba on uh, on YouTube uh-huh. With the cats actually riding the Roomba around <laughs> This is a little smaller than a Roomba It's about the size of, uh, what would you say?
13: Maybe the size of a small dinner plate yeah. Yeah, that sounds you know,
1: about right. A little too small for the uh, cats to ride, I would say. Maybe kittens. Maybe
13: Maybe a kitten, <laughs> yeah.
1: You guys yeah. call it the Brava Jet mopping robot, right?
13: That's correct, yeah.
1: And where can we get it?
13: Um, the Brava Jet is sold in North America exclusively for right now, but it's going to be rolling out globally. Um, rolling out? see that. the rest <laughs> of the year. Um But you can buy it online on our website, you can buy it on Amazon, um, and then a number of retailers too, Um, so like Bed Bath & Beyond, Target, Lowe's, it's in a lot of stores.
1: And it's really not that expensive either. No,
2: it's very affordable.
13: Yeah, so it's it's just one ninety nine, um, which yeah, like you said, it's very affordable. Um, and the fact that you can use it in any of those three modes, it really it'll it'll do just what you need for whatever floor type you have.
3: Now, how long has the Roomba been out?
13: The Roomba has been on the market much longer. So we've been selling Roombas for about fifteen years. Oh wow! wow. Yeah, they've been out for a long time, um, and we have a lot of uh, a lot of people who love the robot. Um, and a lot of animals, too, as you mentioned. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with that video of uh, the shark cat yep. riding on the robot. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, that's kind of done a lot, of, lot for sales for you, I imagine.
13: I think it brings uh it makes the robot a little bit more approachable because if you're not a techie person um you might be a little intimidated by a robot and while we design them to be really easy to use i think you know if a a cat is riding around that that certainly makes it uh a little bit friendlier no matter what
1: (laughs) we watched it the whole time just to see if it really did what it it was was advertised to do
13: go back
2: and get a corner that it didn't get and yeah what'd you think
1: I, I was really, really it impressed. Did. It did not miss a spot in our kitchen. And let me just say that our kitchen has, like most kitchen, it has a uh, a table with it's chairs, a maze. and it would mm-hmm. go around the chair legs and around the food bowls. There's a uh, one piece of carpet that's in the kitchen, and it got onto the carpet. I was thinking, this is it. This is where it's going to get stuck, and I'm going to have up. to help it or something like that. But within a couple of minutes, it figured its way out, and it truly is an amazing technology and genius behind it that it can do that it it found its way out found its way back and covered each and every square inch of the kitchen and then stopped when it was done right in the place that it started
3: i I don't even know how the phone works i can't figure this out at
1: all
13: (laughs) Yeah, we have a lot of engineers here who put put a lot of time into the products to make sure that they really do do what customers are going to expect them to do. So I'm I'm glad to hear that that you enjoyed the robot and it did, you know, everything you were hoping.
1: And I'm sure the guys that invented this, I'm sure they have uh, glasses and little pocket protectors. <laughs>
13: <laughs> yeah, and they have very very clean homes. It's it's really pretty <laughs> nice working at iRobot because you get to take home all the products and try them out and. Yeah, I I never vacuum.
1: Well, you have given us one to give away today, and I'd like to do that right now. I'll let Melissa decide. What collar should we take on this? It's up to you. Just pick a number, any number.
13: Uh, Let's go with number eight. Okay, there you go.
1: Collar number eight. You'll pick up on the brand new Brava Jet Mopping Robot from iRobot, and you can visit their website at iRobot.com. Melissa, thank you so much.
13: Thank you for having me.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Paul Reiser, and you're listening to
5: Animal Radio. Every minute you're here, you're not harming someone else. <laughs>
9: Try our grain-free rolled food. It's protein-packed with less risk of food sensitivity.
10: Hi, this is Iron Chef Cat Cora on Animal Radio. Please
12: adopt a pet.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more.
3: This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Lori Brooks. For hundreds of years, people in Asia have used eagles to hunt for them with deadly results. And now the large raptors are in high demand again for their keen eyesight, their very powerful talons, and their lethal hunting and survival instincts. Eagles, they are now being used to take down drones. That's right. Wow. The company Guard from Above describes itself as the world's very first company specializing in training those birds of prey to intercept hostile drones. <laughs> Their newest clients, in fact, are the police in Holland. They released a video recently that shows this. It was a great video an eagle swooping in at high speed. It's got its, you know, its talons, its feet out front. And it plucks the drone right out of the air using its talons. That is incredible. The drone is then uh, immediately disabled as the eagle carries it away. And the eagle's grip, if if you didn't know this, is pretty ferocious. It's believed to be about 10 times stronger than the grip of an adult human hand and can exert upwards of 400 psi or pounds of pressure per square inch. That is
1: truly amazing that they spend millions of dollars on this technology that can be taken down by a trained <laughs> bird now. I that is, I, I applaud them for that. That is wonderful.
3: Did you hear about the little boy in Louisiana who went to great sneaky lengths to give some love to his neighbor's dog? Oh, it is the sweetest story. It's every day when he left for school, he would ride over to his neighbor's house, put his bike down in the driveway, and then go into the open garage to play with the dog that lived there. And he'd give hugs to the dog and sometimes play fetch with her. Well, funny that the dog's owner had a video camera in the garage She was, you know, of course, hoping to find a thief or something, if it ever happened. But she sees this little boy in there playing with her dog. She was not upset at all. She's a really cool lady. She posted the video on her Facebook page asking if anyone knew this little boy, saying she'd just like to let him know that he's welcome to stay and play because the dog loves all the attention. Well, the boy's mom saw that viral video and recognized it was her son, Josh, and she told the dog's owner that he talks about that dog all the time, that he loves her, and they didn't just know that he was sneaking into the garage to see her. They were wondering how he knew her so well. But it's understandable now that they know everything. Little Josh's own dog had died from old age recently. Oh. So now Josh is a welcome visitor for play dates with his favorite dog, Duchess. And they say he goes over there almost every day now to see her.
1: Oh. That is a wonderful story. That's a heartwarming story. I love that. It
3: it really, I mean, to see him, the video of him hugging the dog and just like swooping in for a fast hug like, I couldn't go to school until I gave you a hug. (laughs) Really cute. (laughs) I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com.
0: You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android.
1: It's Animal Radio. This is where we celebrate every single kind of animal there is. And don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's a free download. Did I mention it was free? Yeah, it's free. You did. Thanks to those folks over at Doctors Foster and Smith. Now I've told you I've I wanted to own uh, and of course I, you never own an animal you're a guardian of an animal but I I've had a dog, I've had fish, I've had cats. I want a sloth, unfortunately that's that's probably not going to be reality for no, me. No how. Uh, but I've also thought about one of those little mini pigs. What do they call those? Micro, micro, little, micro
3: mini pigs. Yes,
1: they they go to the size of a cat. I love them. I want one. Come but... on,
3: you guys. You know, there's no such thing as a micro pig. <laughs> there isn't.
1: They they don't. <laughs> no. I did not know that.
3: No, that's a breeder thing.
1: I bet you, Steve Jenkins wished uh, he had heard that <laughs> particular piece of information. Steve Jenkins is the guardian to Esther the Wonder Pig, and where are we calling you, Steve?
14: Uh, I'm actually in
7: Campbellville, Ontario.
1: Okay, America Sombrero. That's there. You go. <laughs> so you uh, you went out and you uh, you and your partner got one of these.
2: No, that's not how.
7: It... Oh, that's not how it happened. No, let you it...
1: went out and got one of these micro <laughs> pigs. Is that what happened?
14: In a nutshell, what happened is I I had gotten uh, a message from a friend. That I hadn't heard from in a long time. That was, was asking me if I was interested in uh, in this micro pig, um, and was of course immediately intrigued. And, and shortly later, she said, "You know, somebody else wants it. You need to decide right away." Uh-oh.
2: And I knew that
14: my partner Derek um, was probably going to need some convincing, and I didn't have time. To do that convincing. So I agreed to take this little mini pig um, without having consulted with Derek and and arrived home later that day. Um, (laughs) And and that's when Derek learned that we were in fact getting a mini pig. (laughs) How did did he react to the
1: the news of a mini pig?
14: Uh, It took a couple of weeks. Um, I can't say it was all (laughs) from day one. (laughs) Um, I've, I've got a bit of a problem. Um, with bringing animals home. And uh, it wasn't the first time I had arrived home with a new family member. So Derek wasn't all that enthused at first. So
1: (laughs) Esther, your pig, uh, your micro mini pig, how much does uh, Esther weigh right now, would you say? Esther currently
14: weighs about 650 pounds. Whoa. (laughs) That's
1: a a micro. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, something uh, went wrong there, I think.
14: (laughs) something went slightly wrong. It it turned out what we had on our hands was a full-size commercial pig um and you know our vet realized immediately upon seeing her it's about two weeks after we had got her and and you know the waters had calmed again and we actually went to the vet um you know he he noticed immediately he said you're probably looking at about 200 pounds but i didn't share that with derek right away i kind of dug in with that (laughs) 250 pounds maximum thing and revised my story and went home with that
1: (laughs) what about this old friend that i want to you know that uh that turned you onto the pig you still a friend yeah
14: we We call her Amanda, um, and uh, we haven't heard from Amanda in a long, long time.
1: I'm going to try to set the scene here. So you're in an apartment. I I think you were in New York at that time. Is that correct? No, we were in Georgetown,
14: which is just about 20 minutes from Campbellville, in just a a little house. We had about a 1,000-square-foot house in the suburbs.
1: And uh, it was probably getting smaller by the minute.
14: It definitely was. It definitely was. At the height of her growth spurt, she was growing at about a pound a day. Wow. Um, was she and, house and trained? Was, oh yeah, absolutely. She's incredibly, incredibly clever. Um, we did run into some problems house training because we started with a litter box, expecting her to be little, of course. Um, and once we realized that, you know, in order to have a litter box that was going to work for her, it needed to be, you know, a twelve by twelve foot box. It just wasn't going to happen. <laughs> um, so we, we decided at that point we had to teach her to go outside, and and that of course posed a problem. You know, we had spent months teaching her how to use the litter box, and she was doing very, very well. Um, we gave up because she'd go into her box. She'd stand there and pee, but it would come out the side because she was just too big. Sure.
1: You now I read in the book that she actually decided to move, which was probably a good good move to uh, yeah. to a bigger location and yeah. buy a farm uh, where you are now. That's right. And you raised an incredible amount of money on Indiegogo. You raised how much did you raise?
14: Uh, it was, I believe it was four hundred and forty-four or $446,000.
1: Wow. That is uh, yeah. truly amazing.
14: Wow. In 60 days. I mean, it was it happened so quickly. Um, it, it was just mind-boggling. You know, we had almost 9,000 people from just under 50 countries. I think it was 48 countries that contributed to that campaign. Uh, now, um,
3: I read the book, Esther, the Wonder Pig, and I loved it. And oh, thank you. I, I thought one story was very funny. Can you tell us about the vegetable oil?
2: hmm <laughs>
14: Absolutely. Um, When we were starting to get Esther, you know, kind of getting over the hurdles, you know, we thought Esther was, we had kind of dealt with the toilet training. We dealt with all this stuff um, and she was getting good in the house. And I thought, well, I can, I can leave her now. I was trying to show Derek that, you know, Esther was going to fit in and just be a perfect, you know, very well-mannered part of the family. And so he was away working at the time. And and I thought, well, I'm going to clean up the house and I'm going to head out, get some groceries and make a nice dinner. So, I left Esther at home, went out to the grocery store and came back about 40 minutes later to a a mess unlike anything I had ever seen. And and she had gotten into one of those big handled, you know, uh, jugs of of vegetable oil. I think it was a two and a half gallon jug of vegetable oil and and it was everywhere. She had chewed into the container, and then, of course, it spilled all over the kitchen floor, and I'm assuming she rubbed in it or rolled in it, <laughs> um, and then had to rub it off of herself, so all of the walls and the furniture and the entire kitchen, and one end of the house to the other. She was exhausted at the end of it, bless her heart, so she took herself to bed in our bedroom <gasps> oh. and climbed up on the bed and had a great nap, and, you know, I came home expecting a house nice and clean the way I left it and just able to make dinner for Derek, who was home shortly after that and came home to absolute chaos. So it was, it was was a nightmare as I tried to a get her off the bed so I could strip it and clean it. And, you know, try to get the house back into shape before Derek got home.
1: (laughs) Uh. What does Esther eat and drink? Yeah, absolutely.
14: She eats uh, about 10 cups of food a day. So she eats a whole bunch of fresh fruit and vegetables. Um, And we also have a kibble, a a pig kibble made for her that's um, low in fat and high in fiber. So she gets all of the nutrients and vitamins and minerals and stuff that she needs. Now, my
1: dog sleeps in my bed, much to my wife's chagrin. Does uh, (laughs) Esther sleep in bed?
14: Well, actually, we, yeah, She does. She's got a king-size bed. <laughs> um, yeah. It's kind of crazy.
1: That really amused you. Oh,
14: well, it's a funny story. Everything about Esther. I mean, she's just
1: hilarious. I I have so many questions. Uh, Hold on. We we have to take a quick break. We're going to do something we rarely do. We rarely uh, have (laughs) interviews over two segments here, but we're going to take a quick break real fast, and we'll be back with you in just one second, okay? Not a problem. It's Animal Radio. We're going to be back with Esther the Wonder Pig. You're listening to Animal Radio.
0: If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Android.
8: Attention sports fans. Now you can watch every football game you want all season long without leaving your home with dish for about 50 bucks a month free installation as soon as tomorrow, but you gotta call All-American Dish right
9: now. 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 800-380-4452 That's 800-380-4452
0: Check out Animal Radio Highlights All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah Browse on over to AnimalRadio.pet
1: so this gives new meaning. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pigs. We're with Steve Jenkins, who happens to be the guardian of Esther the Wonder Pig, a 600-pound pig. 650 pounds. 650- <laughs> Is Esther the 650-pound pig, pet pig, still uh, gaining weight? No,
14: she's not. Um, pigs. I mean, she could. Pigs gain weight very, very quickly. Um, especially a commercial pig like Esther that's what they've been bred for for generations and generations so we have to watch her weight very very carefully Um, and she's actually on a little bit of a diet now we want to keep her on the light side of healthy um, just to make sure her joints are in good shape and she doesn't have hip or knee problems or arthritis or any of that sort of stuff so we hope she'll get a little bit smaller actually we'd like to keep her at about 600 to 625.
6: What is their lifespan?
14: Uh, About 16 years, actually. Pretty typical to a dog.
6: Did
1: you have to pig-proof the house at all?
14: Oh, my God, like you wouldn't believe. Uh, Again, it comes back to their intelligence. Um, Not only are they so big, which means they're incredibly strong, um, but pigs are so, so smart that Esther knows how to you know, use doorknobs to open the door. She'll just bite it and and turn and open the door. Or she'll use her snout to open a sliding door. So she lets herself in and out to go pee.
3: What about the Uh, refrigerator? Yeah, refrigerator I would have
14: bet. has been a real fun one. Huh? Um, we we've had some real trial and error issues with the fridge. Our freezer is currently empty because she knows that that was a <laughs> prime source of food. Um, so we have since moved all of the food out of the actual refrigerator freezer and put it into a chest freezer that's in our laundry room where she doesn't go. Um, and and she it was a freezer drawer and we had it secured closed. But she kept sticking her snout in there to get the door open. And she was actually able to break one side of it off the hinge. So the whole door has come off the freezer right now. We've got to get a new one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So now you're dealing with the sanctuary. You have a sanctuary. What did you do before all of this?
14: I was a real estate agent and Derek was a professional magician. Um, And and since all of this has started, um, you know, for about the first year we carried on doing what we were doing. We launched this Facebook page in December of 2013. Uh, we moved to the farm by November of 2014 um, and are at the farm now. And once we made it to the farm we both kind of had to pack in our, our other jobs. So Derek now works full time at the sanctuary um, and my job now has become full time working with and for Esther the Wonder Pig. I, I manage her social media accounts and um, you know deal with everything else that has, has come along with that page and what's happening over there—it's it's become absolutely phenomenal. It's been the most unbelievable experience.
1: Um, well, you've got a book nowhere. that you've written it all down in a book. You've that's uh, right. Yeah, it's yeah. called Esther the Wonder Pig, and it's just out. And you can get it at your bookstore or at Amazon.com. And in fact, I have five copies to give away right now. Uh, I encourage you to visit the website EstherTheWonderPig.com, EstherTheWonderPig.com, or your Sanctuary's website, Happily Ever Esther. And we'll put uh, links to everything you've heard today over at animalradio.pet.
3: You said that you have special kibble made for Esther. How do you do that?
14: We found um, a mill up here near us that was able to make a recipe we got from uh, friends of ours, actually, at Farm Sanctuary down in the United States. Um, They are the masters of of pigs in particular. Um, Susie Costin, who runs that uh, farm in New York, Um, she knows everything worth knowing it seems as far as pigs and older pigs and their care um, and she actually directed us to this recipe um, that they use to maintain the weight and health of their pigs.
1: You know who else is doing what you're doing is uh, John Stewart and his wife. That's right. Mm-hmm. They, in fact, uh, John really gets along with the pig pretty he well, loves I understand.
14: He Yes, he loves his yeah, pigs. Yeah, that's it. Well, like I so said, once people really, they don't think of pigs, I think, in, in a very, what's the word, word here to explain? Um, Cuddly. You have to get to know a pig. Yes. You know what I mean? You really do. They're, they're very underrated animals. Um, you know, and getting to know a pig, it really is getting to know, or like getting to know, a little four legged person which I know may sound crazy to some people, um not to us. Really, Nope. Yeah, yeah there there really is something unbelievable about them, you know their eyes are the most human things that you'll ever see um you know and there's there's something in there, you know you talk to her, and you know she comes when she caught when we call her, she'll sit if you tell her to um it, it's really it's really been an eye-opening experience for us to get to know her. It, it really is.
1: I always thought their snout looked like upside-down hearts.
14: Yes, exactly. It's true. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, pigs smile, too. When they're, when they're singing or when they're relaxed and content, they've got the most incredible smile on their faces. Um, what yeah, does she really do are. for playtime? Playtime is hilarious with Esther. Um, she, again, because she spent her, her early day, well, I and mean, to this day, with dogs um, and with us in the family, she learned to play the way that we play with the dogs. So when the dogs get revved up and they start to wrestle, as you know, dogs do. Esther does the same, um, and she'll jump around a little bit. We call it rodeo pig because she'll jump and she'll <laughs> spin in a circle all in one place and kick her back legs out. Um, and she just wants to wrestle. So we jump in. We'll we'll make sure that she doesn't wrestle with the dogs for obvious concerns, um, and we'll jump in and we'll wrestle with her. She's so strong, but she knows she knows the boundaries. You know, I remember one day she was wrestling with my stepdad, um, who's in his seventies, and Esther you'll never outrun a pig is another thing worth knowing if you're ever getting chased like by a pig you need to run in a zigzag because you will never outrun them in a straight line and my stepdad didn't know that so he was trying to outrun her. It didn't happen she hit him in the leg by mistake and knocked him right down but she stopped immediately um turned around walked up to him nudged him in the elbow it was the most amazing thing to see my heart was in my throat when I saw Aww. him in the ground I thought oh my god if she steps on him or if you know, it could have gone wrong in so many ways. And and she immediately avoided him, stopped, turned around, almost like she came back to check on him and say, Come on, get up, get up you know, it was the most it was the most incredible thing.
1: Steve, thank you so much for joining us. Go give Esther a big old hug from all of us.
14: Will I'd you do that? Yeah, give her a kiss for me. I sure will. Thank you so much, because really was a pleasure. I appreciate it.
1: Hats off to Judy. What an incredible show today. Just jam-packed full. Uh, we had actually bump a few guests, so be sure to be back next week for us right here. And uh, get your fix during the middle of the week at animalradio.pet. And you can also download the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android and listen anytime you want. Have yourself a great week.
2: Bye. Bye-bye. So long.
1: This is Animal R- Ra- Radio
2: Network. Network.